0: This is The Blueprint, brought to you by Executive Platforms. Hello again, everyone. You're listening to another episode of Executive Platforms Blueprint Podcast Series. My name is Jeff Mix, I'm head of content and research. My guest today is Kevin Shoemaker, he's the director of global trade solutions with Avalara, and we're going to be talking about trade compliance, uh, tax management, all as it relates to supply chain executives. This is a topic I don't get to do very often. I'm really excited for it. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me today. You bet, Jeff. Thanks for the opportunity today. Kevin, you've been having a lot of conversations on site with supply chain executives, um, and I know your company sort of focuses in, I'm not going to call it a niche topic. I think it's a topic that everybody works in, but they don't get to talk about a lot at shows like ours. What kind of conversations are you having? What are the, the issues that you're helping them with?
1: Yeah, great, uh, great question. So global trade actually anymore isn't uh, a niche area. Uh, I've been in global trade for over 20 plus years now. Um, And as you can imagine, it's grown in importance over those 20 years, especially as companies have shipped into more and more countries. And now at Avalara, our cross-border group is really focused on more on e-commerce than it is on B2B. So think B2B shipments. And obviously because of COVID in particular and the explosion um, of e-commerce in general, especially international e-commerce, the conversations we're having today with many executives is how are you dealing with that growth in e-commerce into countries outside of the United States? Uh, And the question then leads to is what's involved Avalara and what do we need to know as a shipper that is now shipping into new countries, predominantly Europe, for example, um, Australia is another big market, Asia obviously is a big market, is what do we need to know when we're shipping, in particular in our case in the B2C world, the e-commerce world are low-value shipments. So what what do we need to know in terms of how does it need to be classified, so what is the EHS code, which ultimately impacts what the duty rate is, as well as what are the restrictions getting that product into or out of country, um, so it can clear customs. Um, and more importantly, as we all know, thanks to the Amazon effect, it's... As you know, you as the as the buyer or the customer want the product, you know, same day, next day. If it's shipping internationally, obviously it's, you know, it's a day or two or three depending upon the service level that you pick when you order the product. But what we are doing is we are providing visibility first and foremost for the companies, so the merchants, the sellers, uh, what the classification should be, what the duty rate should be. But more importantly, what we do is we also provide a duty and tax calculation API at the time of checkout. So when you as a shopper go to the merchant's website and you start adding products to the cart, the experience that many times, if you aren't calculating and providing full visibility to what the total cost is at checkout, what ends up happening is, is a very bad, poor customer experience because what happens is, if you aren't upfront with those costs as a merchant, what happens is the consumer thinks they're paying for those duties and those taxes and VAT rates um, once it hits, say, the border of Europe, but if they don't, if you aren't collecting those up front, what happens is that shipment gets stopped at the border. DHL or whoever the carrier is, for example, calls you, the consumer, and tells you that you owe another fifty or seventy-five in duties that you thought you already paid. So it leads to a very, very bad customer experience. Or worst case, it arrives at your doorstep. Same questions asked. The consumer's response many times is, I thought I already paid it, I'm not paying it. I'm I'm gonna reject the shipment and I'm either either gonna reject it or I'm gonna return it. Um, And returns are a big problem as we know in supply chain. So it's overall, if you aren't using an API like Avalara's duty tax uh, uh, um, API at checkout, you are setting yourself up for a very bad customer experience. So even at the time of checkout, they may forego the checking out, right? So you've lost the order. But more importantly, if it's a bad experience, it impacts your customer lifetime value. So that customer most likely never comes back to your website and goes to your competitor's website, who what could be right, um, providing that level of visibility to time and checkout that you're not. So they've just lost a customer.
0: So the way I'm hearing this, it's not so much, hey, I run my supply chain organization and I have a guy who worries about foreign tax stuff. This is about customer centricity. As supply chain leaders, they're trying to move their business to think more about the customer and the customer's user experience and and the end result and bringing that customer back. And this is a big piece of that satisfaction level.
1: Absolutely. And again, we're starting to see, I mentioned B2C, but we're also starting to see that same conversation in the B2B world. Right. I've been with Avalair a number of months now. In my previous life, we dealt with more B2B containerized freight. But now, again, as everything is moving online in terms of e-commerce, whether or not it's B2B or B2C, at the end of the day, it's still what's the experience with the customer and am I doing everything I should as the uh, merchant of record, for example, at the time of purchase, to facilitate a smooth, transparent move of that product and that shipment across the border. And what we're starting to see now, too, is, so governments, number one, which, again, have always placed, especially imports in the United States, a lot of scrutiny into what's coming to the United States. So U.S. Customs is very involved and very active with B2B shipments in terms of what's on the entry, what's in the container. Um, That hasn't always been the case with low-value shipments. Um, governments around the world, U.S. Customs as well, are now starting to place more scrutiny on what is coming in in that envelope or that small package, that low-value shipment. So now you're starting to see more focus, for example, on the Type 321 entry coming to the United States, where Customs has had a pilot out for a number of years, where, where when they do enact uh, that program, it's going to require, for example, shipments coming in from China to provide a lot more information, including the EHS code or the classification. So customs knows at the time of entry on that entry or that declaration, exactly what is in that, in, in that package.
0: So it also works in cases of uh, visibility and traceability, which again, is a thing so many supply chain leaders are saying, it's not a, a nice to have anymore. We have to have this to be able to do our jobs. It, it works in that function as well. Yes.
1: Yes. Visibility again is is huge across the board and becoming even bigger when again, and that's one of the, the challenges I mentioned returns earlier in the B2C world. Um, Visibility is also a a huge challenge and a huge area of opportunity because again, customers are looking for if I expect it same day, right? It's now done to the point of when exactly during the time of day should I be home, right? Or am I getting an alert to notify me that the package is going to be arrived at five o'clock that afternoon, so I can be home, right? If I have to, for example, sign for that package. So yeah, visibility is. Uh, is playing a greater, greater role in terms of, again, we go back to customer satisfaction, right? So, again, what we are all about is providing a, a much better experience from beginning to end, both for the seller or for the company in terms of what are the rules and regulations that apply for getting the goods across border? Am I providing a transparency upfront to my customers in terms of the duty rates and the VAT? And then what we're also doing now, which is a, which is a, a rapidly growing part of our business, is managing VAT. So the situation around the world as VAT continues to change, uh, you know, Europe just in, in implemented a new VAT program in July of 2021 um, that has significantly impact both doing business, companies doing business with as well inside of Europe, inside of the EU, as well as companies that are shipping into Europe in terms of VAT management in general. And that holds true across the entire world outside the United States where VAT applies. So we are starting to see more and more companies come to us and ask for help with that registration, that management altogether, because again, VAT thresholds continue to change um, and companies just can't keep up if they're shipping into 50, 60, 100 plus countries. Um, And then e-invoicing is another area of opportunity that's on the horizon that we think is a huge opportunity as well.
0: You know, I try to put myself in the position of a a supply chain executive from a brick and mortar company that of course we've gone into e-commerce, everybody's gone into e-commerce, but we had a traditional team in place and we had our tax guy and there's a lot to keep track of. And you know, he's overwhelmed and and probably doing it the way he did it when he learned it in school in the nineties. This sounds like such a a sea change in terms of what is capable. I guess my question would be, how long does it take to bring an organization uh, like yours into my team? What does like, the rollout look like? Can you walk us through getting started?
1: Sure, Another, again, another excellent question. Um, let me start by saying a lot of brick, traditional brick-and-mortar companies that have an e-commerce presence are still predominantly focused on the United States. So I mentioned cross-border, I mentioned international. For a lot of these, especially US-based companies, international e-commerce is still new to them as a company. So back to your previous point is, yeah, there's a lot for them, to understand when it comes to how do I expand internationally, right? And what needs to go into the decision-making process of do I enter a new market or do I enter multiple markets? Um, And so what we're starting to see as, as these companies mature, as these e-commerce companies or as these brick and mortars that have an e-commerce presence mature, they are starting to realize what's involved, but more importantly, as they starting to put more wood behind that, that arrow in terms of expanding, because again, with, with the internet, right, you can come in and order from anywhere and they're starting to see a huge tick up in traffic alone, which ultimately results in orders. So what they're starting to realize now is we really need to put a concerted effort into how do we manage our international expansion when it comes to e-commerce business in general. Um, so what we're starting to see first and foremost, to answer your question is, Companies are now looking at instead of outsourcing all the activities, whether or not it's localization, whether or not it's payment, whether or not it's student tax calculation, they're starting to look at if may if they've done anything, they might have outsourced it to a third party in the past because it wasn't big enough, a big enough part of their overall total revenue. But again, that's now changing thanks to, like I mentioned, because of COVID uh, and the huge spike in e-commerce. What they're starting to realize now is they get more concentrated on their international efforts. They wanna bring that in-house to gain more control over their own operations and more visibility both into their operations, into the relationships with their carriers, as well as can remain or, or not remain, but um, but retain the relationship with the end customer, which you lose if you outsource it to a third party. So to answer the, the second half of your question, which is, bring us in, Avalara, and and then either A, you can just simply leverage our HS classification services, our API, or we also have a managed services, or the duty and tax calculation, um, gets you what you need in terms of that transparency, and you can do that relatively quickly. So we're probably talking, you know, two or three month implementation, so you're up and running fairly quickly, if not sooner. And again, as we all know, in the IT world and supply chain world, it all depends on IT resources, in terms of how fast you can go versus how fast we can go. Um, but again, what, you, what you're allowed to do then is, is again, is, in this case, is pick best-of-breed solutions. So you can pick an Avalair for a duty tax calculation. You can pick somebody else for localization. You can pick somebody else for payments. Um, and then you've got a best-of-breed solution or an e-commerce platform if you've gone with somebody you know, like a Salesforce Commerce Cloud or Magento or have you. And then you can plug and play our solutions and you've got a full suite that you can now roll out in a relatively short period of time.
0: You know, whenever I have a conversation with someone who's talking about uh, a technology that's coming into a supply chain organization that is going to improve everything, I always want to take a minute and, and just talk about the people in that organization. So again, going back to my brick and mortar, and I've yes. got this person who's been doing our tax stuff and our trade compliance stuff, and this is going to be that person's new tool. How is that person's day-to-day changing? How How is his working life changing? Maybe his career changing as this tool comes online?
1: Yeah. Um, again, Overall, their day-to-day doesn't change. So let's start with the global trade folks, the people that, we, that I'm typically dealing with is, they, they are doing HS classifications today, right? So they may or may not be doing it for new countries, but the process remains the same. Um, same potentially with duty and tax calculations, it's a matter of scope, right? So the, then in the, the challenge becomes is as you continue, because as we know, we're, we're now you know, in some difficult economic times, you're not getting more headcount. So now you're being, as always, asked to do more with less. So what happens is, is the trade compliance folks are now tasked with, especially if you're a large retailer, you have got thousands of SKUs. I now need to classify thousands more SKUs, tens of thousands more SKUs into five, six, 10, 20 different new countries, because we're now, management has decided to sell those countries. So it's a matter of even on the trade compliances, how do you manage that increase in responsibility and that increased workload? Same on the duty and tax calculation side, same with keeping up with the VAT changes that I mentioned. And again, it becomes a challenge internally because again, you've got limited headcount, right? E-commerce is focused on driving sales. They're not necessarily focused on getting across the border That's where a company like Avalara comes into play. Because again, because of our long history on the tax side, we already have all the content that you need when it comes to either classifications or the VAT or the duty rates. Let us manage that for you. But then for you as the, customer leverages the APIs and the expertise that we can bring to the table to help you scale internally without you having to add additional headcount and that again that's a lot of the conversations that we're having now now which is we've decided to expand we don't know how to get there avalera can you help us get from a point a to point b and to your answer your question is what does that look like in terms of, because everybody's always concerned about how does it impact my job um, it's really, we just become an extension of that, either the trade organization um, or the e-commerce organization or both if you're using, you know, multiple services from us.
0: So this really is an ongoing working relationship, a, a business partnership, rather than a turnkey thing where they install your software and then they're off to the races. You, you work with these people on an ongoing basis.
1: Absolutely. Again, it's kind of the nature of the beast, right? I mentioned the classification world. If you're not familiar with it, the classifications change all the time. Um, in fact, the World Customs Organization just rolled out uh, an update to the tariff schedule, the worldwide tariff schedule at the beginning of 2022. So HS codes are constantly changing. And again, that's where you rely on something like Avalara because we're keeping those updates to the tariff changes on our end. So you don't have to for all those countries you ship into. Same going to e-commerce or the duty and tax side is they are constantly changing. I mentioned Europe, for example, um, about the VAT changes in, in July of last year. Um, Australia made changes um, around the same time other countries are again looking at um, changing their VAT thresholds for example or their de minimis thresholds which again is a topic of discussion even with the $800 de minimis threshold in the United States so things long story short things are constantly changing and again that's why the relationship isn't one and done um, it's more of a continuing yeah you continue to use our, um, our our technology but you also continue to leverage the expertise that we bring in house because we're the ones that are keeping on top of all the changes that are occurring on an international regulatory basis, so you don't have to.
0: I can tell already you're you're a wealth of information on a subject that a lot of people would find very daunting to (laughs) to approach from square one. If someone did want to reach out, ask some questions, pick your brain a little bit, what is the best way to get in touch?
1: Well, first of all, you can visit the Avalaire website, um, but you can feel free to reach out to me personally at, uh, kevin.shoemaker at com and my cell phone number is seven zero four nine three zero ninety one thirty five. I would love to hear from you.
0: Well, you know, I always love when people include some personal contact information because anybody can point to a website, but, uh, yeah. you know, I think if you've been listening to this and have been impressed with what Kevin has to say, now you have a way to reach him directly. And I really appreciate him doing that. Um, Kevin, thank you so much for your time today. Jeff, thank you. This has been great. Again, appreciate the opportunity. You've been listening to another episode of Executive Platform's Blueprint Podcast Series. I've been Jeff Mix. Let's do it again soon.